Hi, and welcome back to Success and Other Lies. This is Lucy, and you might already have noticed that this is a bit of a different intro than what we usually do on this show. And that's because this is a very special episode, because it's our very first interview episode on Success and Other Lies. I will be interviewing Amin Shakya today, with whom I had a great conversation that I hope all of you will enjoy at least as much as I did. Our conversation spans from Amin's unique inspiration and path into disaster risk management, all the way up to philosophical discussions around random events and chance meetings and a more Eastern approach to the idea of success. As you know, we're producing this podcast ourselves in our own time and with our own resources. So there are no big networks associated with us or anyone who can help us with big budgets and production costs. So you may notice that in interview episodes, the quality is not top notch as we try to strive for in other episodes. But honestly, we're a podcast about authenticity and we're really proud to be able to do this. Now on to what really matters. It was a very special conversation, and I'm so excited to finally introduce you to Amin now. Without further ado, here he is. Hi, Amin. It's so great to have you on the show. You're our very first Success and Other Lies podcast guest, and I must say you were on my shortlist from day one. I'm so, so very excited that we have you here, and thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you're so, so busy right now with your master thesis. Hi, Lucy. It's great to know that you're doing a podcast these days, and thank you very much for the invitation as well. <laughs> you're so welcome. Um, I mean, I actually want to kick us off with our, our little uh, story, how we met each other, because it's one of the most crazy chance meetings I ever had in my life. And I'm, I'm just going to start, but you, you pick up the story in a little bit. Um, I actually, I studied in China. I think our podcast listeners know this by now. Um, and when I left, I thought, you know what, I'm going to leave with a bang and I'm going to travel the land route via Tibet and Nepal. And, and explore a little bit of Asia. Um, so I studied in Shanghai and it's a 48 hour train ride to Tibet, which is probably a different story for a different episode. But at the train station in Shanghai, I met George. I think it's okay to say hi to George on this podcast. <laughs> hi, George. <laughs> so I met George in the train station. <laughs> um and we traveled together to Tibet. We had accidentally booked the same route. So uh, the entire stranger that I traveled uh, Tibet with. And then we decided that we actually wanted to uh, move on to Nepal together as well. Because we just, yeah, it was fun traveling together. And George is actually who introduced me to you, Amin. Um, and this is where you know the story better. Because I think it's a crazy one. I think he reached out to you on Reddit. On Reddit, yes. <laughs> So, uh, George posted a query on Reddit for interesting art, etc. in Nepal. Uh, I was still in India around that time doing my bachelor's. And uh, yeah, we got into a small conversation after that. I was giving him some recommendations. And then I realized uh, his travel plan was actually around the, my first weeks back in Nepal after my graduation in India. 
So I pretty much offered him to show the city around a bit. I think I know the city fairly well. And that's how I came to know Jers. And uh, yeah, that day is the first day I met you and Jers. And you met Jers maybe a week before that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, super chance meeting. Um, and this wonderful person, I mean, just took it upon himself to sh show these two strangers um, his hometown. It was incredible. Um, you showed us places that we wouldn't have uh, found ourselves. And you even took us home with you, which was so exciting. We get to meet your family um, and your dad's uh, artwork. Um, and it was really one of the most special um, parts of that journey for me. So I'm so, so happy to be catching up with you three years later. I can't believe it's been three years. Um, and like you've just had the most incredible professional um, journey uh, and also personal, of course. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to catch up with you and, and ask how your professional journey is going. Uh, so you studied in India just before I met you, engineering. And I think uh, then you moved on to Europe. Um, uh, yes, when when we met, I just graduated from India. I, I believe I was in my first two weeks back in Nepal at that time. I was still in the process of falling in love all over again with Kathmandu. And uh, yeah, then I worked for a year in Nepal in disaster risk management. And now I'm studying in Europe, all around Europe. Um, <laughs> Very specifically, <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm 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 in a joint uh, joint master's program by the uh, Erasmus Mundus, uh, which means I study in four different universities in Europe and uh, through this pandemic. Yes, <laughs> that's just it's so incredible to me. I mean, I did a double degree for my master's, and I thought that was crazy. But I didn't know that you could do a quadruple degree. <laughs> so, I mean, it's definitely uh, very special. And I love that, that there are programs like that. I didn't even know. Yeah, and uh, especially um, right now, the moment we're talking right now, I mean, uh, when we met three years ago, you were just done with your double degree and you were on this crazy trip around Asia, through Tibet, through Nepal, through India, I think. And uh, now I'm almost graduating in my joint master's program. And I have been traveling around, let's say with an asterisk, uh, through the program, through the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, how was that for you being like on a different uh, continent away from your family during a global pandemic and having to move like across so many borders like that that must have been really challenging uh, I, I guess being in Europe wasn't a big problem for me I had already lived away from Nepal for four years before that and uh, I was working for an international nonprofit, so I was pretty much accustomed to everything that Europe had to give <laughs> but then, yeah, the, the, the universe decided to give something totally different. Um, uh, during the early days, especially when it, it was a lot of panic all around, no one knew what to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had just moved from, um, from Germany to the Netherlands. 
And in Germany, I lived in this international student dorm with all short-term course students um, from all around the world. We were towards the end of the semester, the pandemic was going, everyone was pretty much running away to their home countries, let's say, to Latin America, to South Asia, to Europe, everywhere. Yeah. That, was, that was very uncertain time. And um, I think a few months in, we were pretty much normal, as in we knew how to behave in the pandemic. And of course, yeah. the joint masters meant we had to keep track of whether the classes were going to be in person or online. And uh, yeah, travel, logistics, PCR test. I recently got vaccine, so hopefully no more PCRs for me. <laughs> but yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy times, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. So was it a difficult decision for you to come to Europe? I mean, you had been in India before, so you knew um, what was waiting for you. But were you thinking about staying in Nepal or were you just super keen on exploring more? Uh, I think it was a no brainer, especially because that's uh, a <laughs> quadruple degree, as we just said, yeah. uh, for universities. And um, yeah, at the same time, I also got accepted into other universities in Asia as well. But uh, uh, Europe has its appeal. And yeah, four countries, uh, it's very attractive, I would say. Yeah. That makes sense. Even though you can't travel that much in lockdown. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know that in foresight. So. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you said you're um, working in disaster risk management, um, which is something that I didn't even know existed before I met you. I mean, there's so many disasters out there. So obviously there had to be people like you who managed them on behalf of all of us. Thank you. Um, but how does one think about going into the disaster work? Like, how do you make that a profession and, and what inspired you? Uh, well, I would say... I'm Nepalese. In, uh, in 2015, we had a major earthquake. Uh, mm -hmm. I was in India around that time. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, all the Nepalese diaspora all over the world were kind of um, helping out with uh, uh, the disaster response. I, uh, well, we helped to uh, fund collection, etc. But uh, I really wanted to go back home around that time. Um, and I had my board exams around, so I couldn't really do that. So after graduation, I went back to Nepal and well, in 2018, when I was back, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you were there, a lot of monuments were still, I mean, still um, not fully renovated. And yeah, we could still see the aftermath of the disaster, let's say. And um somehow an opportunity came up to work in the earthquake response and it it felt right it that it, it, uh, it uh, I, I guess i needed it for peace of my mind to yeah make sense of the earthquake to kind of work on it and yeah somehow now um in europe in a joint masters on disasters <laughs> <laughs> master of disaster <laughs> I want to make a joke almost, but like, honestly, I think it's such a, a beautiful story that you found your catharsis almost like after this terrible disaster and 
that you were able to give back to the community and to kind of make sense of it. Um, so really awesome and even even more amazing that you you know you're not just saying oh this was one disaster in my country that I'm dealing with, but you're like going on to to deal with disasters everywhere and like now I think specializing in floods like it's only going to be a more prominent topic in the future I think with like given where the world is going <laughs> sadly ah <laughs> oh, yes I mean climate change environment uh, well I guess I'll have more job opportunities in the future I guess that's it's a very very prominent issue that we should definitely take care of yeah for sure. So I'm wondering, you know, we, we spoke a lot about chances and, and opportunities. You clearly took a lot of opportunities um, that presented themselves to you. And I'm wondering how many of these opportunities were truly by chance, like where you just saw something and you jumped on it and it kind of happened um, and how much of your career was more strategically planned out and happened exactly how you wanted it? Uh, I would say uh, my path has pretty much been more of a chance than I'm willing to acknowledge. And <laughs> I think that's how it works out for a lot of people as well. Of, of course, you pretty much have a plan. And especially growing up, I, I think I was one of those people who pretty much planned out five years ahead in the future or whatever or whatnot but uh, life's uh, complicated it's, it's it's very chaotic and I think you should just surrender to the chaos and give randomness a chance and yeah <laughs> yeah no it's very true I, I think a lot of people can relate I I personally can like chance meetings are the best ever. Um, I think a lot of things that happened in my career were not planned. Um, and what I like to do is to, you know, if something presents itself that that feels good, it's probably a direction that you want to go in because you're already attracted to it. So why not? Do you have any tips for our listeners like if they want to create those chance meetings for themselves? Is there anything they can do to to make them happen? Huh. Um, I, I like this idea of uh, black swans, uh, I guess invented or at least made famous by a French philosopher, Nicholas Taleb. Uh, so the idea is things don't progress slowly in a uniform rate, but there are certain random events that happen in irregular intervals that have very significant impacts on what the final outcome will be. So those are the black swan events that are rare with high impacts. And I pretty much believe strongly around those possibly because I think I have experienced a fair share of them. Mm -hmm. Also because we're living through a global pandemic right now. That's, that's the black swan for anyone who's listening. But then again, these events are very asymmetrical. COVID's a black swan that's definitely negative, but uh, especially chance meetings, just uh, random conversations with people. I, I see them as being positively skewed, as in maybe you'll end up meeting, I don't know, the love of your life or your next business partner. 
you just have to be open to randomness and let it take its course, I think. Yeah, thank you. I, I really love that. Um, I also didn't know about this, so we'll definitely read up more on black swans. Um, in our in our little pre-chat, because uh, we do prepare for these interviews, <laughs> <laughs> um, you also told me that like growing up in Kathmandu, you were always curious about exploring what lies beyond and like to extend your community and experience something else. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I look at Nepal then growing up in the early 2000s and well, not just Europe now, but even Nepal now as uh, completely different mm -hmm. places. Uh, like um, while growing up, I, we, I was pretty much in a monarchy. There was this uh, civil unrest going on. Then there was a royal massacre in the 2000s. Then the god, well, the monarchy got thrown away. There was, uh, well, the Maoists came in, and then suddenly we were all like all men are equal. And then you start reading George Orwell books, and then you're like some men are more equal than others. Uh, reference, I guess, not everyone will get, but, uh, but you go through a lot, and uh, especially uh, like growing up, I lived in Kathmandu my whole life. And I am, or at least I was very introverted, a very proud one at that, of course, but um, I was in one city with very limited circle of people. And I always knew there was more around. Uh, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a major factor why I chose to go to India in the first place. There is this world that I'm simply not seeing from the convenience of my couch somewhere in Kathmandu. And uh, I think it's not fair on life. You, you have to open yourself up to more possibilities and more of the universe. And um, I think I made the right choice. Yeah, I think that's, that's really lovely. And um, it so resonated with me. It's, it's so brave to uh, leave your hometown or even just your parents' home, you know, at some point in your life, you have to decide how far you want to venture. Um, and I know that you you love Kathmandu. You spoke about this earlier as well. And like, why wouldn't you? It's so gorgeous. Like, uh, I would want to go back any day. It's just, you know, out of a different time, all, all the beautiful architecture. Um, definitely recommend anyone to go. Um, but also... I feel like you have to venture a little bit to come back home and to acknowledge it again and to have those learnings like every person that you meet will just teach you something and like the conversations that we have right now like I'm learning so much as always when I speak to Amin. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, yes uh, uh, yeah exactly I mean uh, I mean the fact that I was living outside of Nepal I guess and especially um, especially the earthquake, because for, for, for a second, for a couple of days when there were regular aftershocks, maybe five or 10 aftershocks every day for the next two weeks going on, it kind of felt like uh, everything I've known till now was so vulnerable to this uh, major event that was going on. And I think it somehow makes you value everything so much more. And yeah, it's 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 an amazing city, a super historic city, super rich in its uh, heritage, I believe. 
absolutely love it. Oh, that must have been like such a black swan event. I just learned this, so I'm just going to use that. Uh, like that must have been really uh, both challenging, but also forming for, for anyone who lived there. Um, I'm wondering like this catastrophe and also like moving on through your personal journey, you must have changed a lot. Um, has your attitude towards authentic success and like what that might mean for yourself also changed over the years? Uh, yes, yes. I've definitely given a thought about it in recent days, given the title of your podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say uh, I would like to take a more Eastern take on the idea of success, I guess. I, uh, I, 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 I was born and raised in a Buddhist family, in a Buddhist uh, slash Hindu community. And um, I don't think success is the right word or the right metric. Uh, I, I prefer the term fulfillment, perhaps. Uh, there can be multiple dimensions in how you see yourself as successful or fulfilled, but essentially fulfillment takes in two key ideas, how much you get and how much you want. And uh, uh, well, this capitalistic monster that has been built over the last three centuries. Not a big fan of it, but uh, there is definitely, uh, I, I would say we can definitely give more focus into how much we want. That, that, uh, that's definitely an important uh, consideration to try to limit as well, especially taking this uh, climate change and uh, catastrophes into account. They, we can do just as well, let's say, without much as well. Yeah. Oh, that's like, that's such a beautiful new perspective as well. I mean, we talk about all kinds of dimensions of success um, here. And I think it's um, very powerful coming from someone who uh, has um, his head very much in disaster and risk prevention to get a bit more of a global perspective. I think this is very true um, to consider how much we really want in our lives and how much we really need uh, to be fulfilled. I think that's a very beautiful sentiment. I mean, if you're up for it, I would actually love to play a little game with you that we want to do with all of our podcast guests now. And since you're the first one, you get to try it out. <laughs> if you're up for it. <laughs> well, I guess you're. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really, it's really simple. There's no pressure. It doesn't have to relate to this podcast at all. I would just love for you to finish three sentences. Um on success and, and what it means to you. So the first one would be authentic success means. I would go back to fulfillment. Um, and people should really stop. <sighs> Driving cars, they're, they're annoying. They're not healthy, at least, at least for the environment, for the planet. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and finally, if there is one thing that you could tell your 18-year-old self, what would that be? Uh, that would have to be perhaps just be. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely an overthinker, I would say. And uh, I think 
you just let things be and more often than not things will work out all right yeah Oh, I loved us so much. Um, I can definitely relate. I'm also an overthinker as listeners of this podcast <laughs> might know by now. Um, and I am definitely not worried that you will be more than okay. I mean, um, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I wish you all the best of luck for your master's thesis, which is almost done. And then for your first job that will um, hopefully line up soon. Um, fingers crossed. I know that you're having a bunch of very interesting <laughs> interviews right now. So I'm, I hope the best, the best organization gets you because um, they, yeah, they, they really need you. And we do need you as well um, for our global disasters that are coming up in the world. Um, I hope to hear from you um, sooner than in three years, but I'm really curious to see where your career goes. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing your perspectives on success. And also thank you again for sharing me, showing me your beautiful home country three years ago. Well, th thank you very much uh, for the invitation, Lucy. And I hope some of the recruiters are going to listen to it. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'll, I'll send them your way. <laughs> And that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this very first interview episode on success and other lies. If you would like to snatch Armin off the job market or chat with him about authentic fulfillment, quadruple degrees and disaster risk management, you can reach him on LinkedIn and I will share a link to his profile in the show notes. Amin and his friends also launched a fundraiser for disaster relief in Nepal. And if you would like to support them, you can also find a link to their fundraiser in the show notes. And finally, let us know how excited you are for more interview episodes on this podcast. You can let us know on Instagram and Facebook at success and other lies, or you can send us an email at success and at gmail.com.